You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome back to the Get Tucked Podcast. I am your host, Tuck. So sorry I missed you all last week. My buddies and I in Fit for a King met up in Atlanta to film some new videos. I got to drive 13 hours both ways by myself to the soundtrack of It's Always Sunny and Your Mom's House Podcast. It was pretty sweet. It was so badass to be with my friends again. Making videos can be really fun, but sometimes it sucks. This was strictly fun, and I think you will all be very pleased with what we made. Um, do you all know that Bobby from Fit for a King owns his own plant shop? I love having plants in my windows and keeping the house looking lively. You can go to growplantshop.com and order one for yourself. They ship extremely well. I know this because I've purchased some myself and he lives in Texas and I live in New York. So it's a pretty far distance, but they do a great job. Go buy yourself, your mom, whoever, a fucking plant. Do it now. Growplantshop.com. Show some love to Bob and his family. They're the best, and I am so happy that I got to hang out with him last week because it's too few and far between. This week on the show, we have our first female guest. My friend, Michelle Baumval, joins us to talk about tour managing, how to get into the merch game, and some shitty treatment that she's received. Yay! Um, We met on Warp Tour in 2017 and happened to live about 10 minutes from each other. This was also my first in-person interview, so it's a bit different for me. Very stoked on how it came out. I hope you all enjoy it. So here we go, my conversation with Michelle Baumval. to the Get Tucked Podcast. Today's crazy. You want to know why? Because we have Michelle Baumball. Baumball. There it is. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Um, hi, Michelle. Hey. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Today is also more different than I um, 
it said before, which I didn't really even tell you guys this is that different yet, or why. Want to know why it is? Because it's in person, and that's fucking weird. Um, usually I'm talking to everyone on the phone and getting to uh, kind of just be about myself, but now I have someone here, and it's a woman, so I have to be like, I'm, I'm, I took a shower, I shaved my head, my fiance cleaned the whole apartment. Smells really good. I helped. Like, I did dishes and stuff. It was pretty cool. But, all right, here we go. We're going to talk about what it's like to sell some merch and to tour manage and to be a lady on the road. Um, what do you think of my radio voice? It's great. I think you just summed it up really well. Thanks. I think you're killing it. Thanks. So I'm, far, so good. I've Let's been go. working on this for about four months. I try Brilliant. to. Yeah, like you got to have some cool. Hey, I'm a. Hi, how are you? <laughs> it's radio voice. Go fuck yourself time. It's crazy because this is like a little different than your actual speaking voice. And if I wasn't seeing you right now, I'd be like, whoa, who's saying that? I know, right? It's crazy. Um. So, Michelle, thank you for joining me here today and coming over. Appreciate it. Luckily, we only live like, we well, said, like 10 minutes away from yeah, each other. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so, we met in 2017 Warp Tour. Um, you were friends with my fantastically awesome and hilarious friend, Michael Weintraub. And um, you, I forget who you were selling merch for that summer. Wasn't it a company? It wasn't a band? It was a company. Yeah. For the first time ever, I wasn't on that tour with a band. It was very weird, very different experience. But it was fun, still merch, still making yeah. money. What was the company called? They were one of those like hippie, like stay happy, stay weird tents. Oh. They were YouTubers. That's cool. It wasn't, yeah, it was something. <laughs> you know, when the YouTubers started coming to Warp Tour, I forget what the first year was with it. I just remember being like, man, their VIP line is so long. I'm so pissed. Like, fuck yeah. those guys. <laughs> Why aren't we that popular? <laughs> but um, that's kind of cool. I'm sure that was interesting. Yeah, because before that, I'd only done merch for like pop punk bands. And here I was working for this company and there would be so many kids buying shirts from them every day. Were the YouTubers on the tour? They were. They did meet and greets there every day as well. There were so many kids meeting them every single day. I was like, wow, this is fascinating to me. That's wild. Yeah, I don't, you know, uh, I don't know. The YouTube thing was very interesting to me. I don't know how I feel about that being um, kind of like on Warp Tour, I guess, where it should be because it is artistic to some extent. Um, but I guess I just never really interacted with them very much. But I didn't really interact with a lot of people on Warp Tour, to be honest. We weren't, a, as the both of us uh, described, we weren't barbecue people. Yeah. Which, uh, for those listening, at every night after Warp Tour is done, if there's not a long drive, everyone gets together and goes and eats barbecue and hangs out and dances and there's a DJ and it's fun. But my band was always in a van, so we didn't socialize. We went to go shower and start driving because we didn't, you know, yeah, what we weren't like that. We didn't have a luxury. Where if you're in like a bus or a bandwagon or whatever, you can totally do that, which is sick. Looking back on it, that last one, I wish we did it because it would have been more fun. But we were all like, oh, let's make money. But, I mean, and, that's fair, too. Yeah. 2017 was a rough year. The merch numbers were not crazy. 
It was really rough. Yeah. And we had storms every single day. I remember mm-hmm. that was just an insane year for rain. Yeah, it was real. I yeah, I never want to play a warp tour in Florida ever again. Yeah, I'm good on that. You know, what? hold on one second. But yeah, fuck playing warp tour in Florida. I don't ever want to do it again. We stopped for a second because I had to check some audio, but now we're back. So there you go, everybody. Um, was that your first warp tour in 2017, or when did you start? No, I. That was probably my second full warp tour. In 2014 and 2015, I had done it for like three weeks each year. Then 2016, I did the full tour with Broadside. 2017, I did it with that company. And then 2018, I did it the full tour with Broadside again. That's sick. Broadside is sick. Yeah. Yeah. That band is so good. I'm a new fan of that band. Um, They were one of those names that I've definitely seen around a lot. And I think at first I was like, oh, they're on Victory Records. I don't know if this will be any good. Um, <laughs> that's and, so fair it's so fair and then you know he's so handsome that you're like well I kind of have to pay attention because he's so handsome and then you listen to it and you're like oh wow he can really sing like he's really good and uh, it's funny I just watched like an acoustic video of him and their guitar player playing on like some local TV show and even that sounded fucking awesome so Go listen to, uh, there's a new album, and something in the Raging Sea that's coming out, but they have three singles out, like Heavenly and two more. I'm going to look real quick, because I don't give a shit um, that we're going to just talk about <laughs> Broadside. It's called Into the me. Raging Sea. Into the Raging Sea. There we go. Thank I'm a true fan. I don't have to look this up. You know, I just said I'm a new fan. I ain't even like... I'm an OG. Yeah, you are. The, yeah. And I'm just a poser. Um but I need to go listen to their back catalog. But I I also need to get him on the show. You said he's really nice. Really nice. So funny. You would have a great time. That's sick. Yeah. I like funny people. Oh, yeah. He's That's re- good. He's great. Yeah, if you get someone who's super stiff on the show, it's not very fun. That's crazy because you just pointed right at me as you said that. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm, making, I'm just getting used to having a person here. I'm just saying you are. You're super stiff. Oh, my God. Um, God, no, we're not here to talk <laughs> shit on women. We're here to talk about how not other talk people em. talk shit to women. <laughs> um, and that is one thing that I think, you know, through this conversation, I really want to tell everybody how you got into touring and get through the steps and maybe hopefully some other people will start to understand, um, you know, also starting to the fact that you studied um, music business in school. But... Um, you know, we will get to the fun stuff with the bad boys that have been shitty on tour. Dun, um, dun, dun. But so you went to school at Temple? Drexel. Drexel. In Philadelphia. Okay. Yeah. I kind of just, I did the college thing mainly because I had a scholarship. I wanted to get some sort of degree that I might be able to use in the future that would still be related to music. Because the one thing I did know this whole time is that I wanted to work in music my whole life. I just, didn't really know what it was in music that I wanted to do. So I kind of just got this degree to fall back on. It would be a good thing to have on top of all of my experience if I ever wanted to work like at a label or at some kind of company. So yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. It didn't really teach me anything new as much as my actual real world experience did, but did you feel like uh, you just learned maybe more faster by actually being out on the road versus in school? Yeah, definitely. I could see that being kind of similar to 
the people I know that have gone to school to learn how to record, and then a lot of people that I know that do quite well with it, they're like, fuck that, like, just go to YouTube. Like, you can learn why faster. Um, so if you're capable of absorbing it, that makes sense. Um, where me, I need, like, someone showing me how to do things because mm-hmm. I am not the brightest. Um, but, so, at, w- before you went to school, did you actually tour at all? Or was it just something that you had wanted to do? Um, I did, actually. I sort of fell into touring when I was pretty young. I was about like 16 years old when I actually started getting experience in the touring world. And that's because like when I was like 13 or 14, that's when I started really listening to the music that's in this scene. I started going to a ton of shows, meeting the bands I liked after shows. Like I'm born and raised here in New York City, so there were always shows to go to. And I was going to Warp Tours, I was seeing every band I liked. And then Eventually, when I was like 16 years old, I met this band on Warp Tour that were also 16 years old. If you've ever heard of Echo Smith, yeah, that's who I'm talking about. Whoa! So I just befriended them very naturally, and they started showing me the ropes. They allowed me to help them with merch for the rest of the summer. They allowed what? me, yeah, to run their meet and greets, and then they would do U.S. tours after that Warp Tour, and I would come out and run their meet and greets for them. If they had a one-off show on the East Coast, I would come along and do merch for them. And i that's how I kind of started learning the actual behind-the-scenes stuff that went into the touring world. Yeah, that band's huge. Yeah, and they this, are. they played 2014, right? They did. And that's, that's when, when you they met kind, them? Yeah, I met them the summer before that. Okay. But 2014 is when they started like visiting radio stations on off days for yeah. Warp Tour and started like getting the ball rolling and really blowing up. Yeah, because they were one of those bands that that was the first year that we did Warp Tour, and I just recall like watching them and not I, like they were really good, but it's very apparent where like they they're young, like they looked super young. I, are they all related or a couple, a few of them? I shouldn't say are they are they all, but they I heard are all related. They are all siblings. Their oh. parents are their managers. It's a whole family affair. That's badass. <laughs> yeah, and their singer um, Sydney, she was. 16 i was 16 so we just became friends and all of them are kind of within the same age group their drummer was like 14 years old at the time which is crazy Jesus. 14 on a warp tour yeah yeah mom and dad were probably right there though right they were yeah tour yeah, managers sure. managers that's awesome well it definitely worked out because that band's like really big yeah they were the ones who like really allowed me to start learning about what goes into touring and because of them I was able to meet a bunch of other bands and a bunch of other people in touring who were meeting me not from a a fan perspective sorry but from like a professional perspective so that really helped me a lot and I just kind of yeah went from there (laughs) that's sick and then next was broadside after that essentially um kind of I was still full-time in college so while I was in college I would do like short runs with friends bands here and there where I could that those tours all kind of came about because when I was in high school um I would go and see like smaller bands that I liked and I would offer them a place to stay in Brooklyn. Thankfully, mm-hmm. my mom was always super cool, allowed me to do things like that. Yeah. It took a lot of convincing, but eventually she opened up to yep. it. She would make us all breakfast, and then I would go to shows with these bands and hang out. 
And then if they had a tour coming up, like because they learned that I really wanted to tour, like they would take me along with them. And I would just like build relationships naturally through doing that. That's super sick. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I, we used to host bands at my house um, quite a bit where like when some bands would play Poughkeepsie, sometimes they'd come and stay over. Um, the Our Last Night guys used to stay there all the time. And luckily we're all still friends, which is cool. Um, you build, you know, sometimes some really nice relationships just by lending a hand like that. And I remember when I first started touring, <coughs> they had just kind of always looked out for me, kind of helped me to figure out how to feel comfortable around people and stuff. Um, so after you did that 2014 warp tour, which I'm sure working for a band that was on the come up like that must've been really interesting just because it's, they're on the uh, you know outer spectrum of warp tour as a whole where we were almost lucky to even have them on a tour like that where you know now they're far too big probably to do it Definitely. i guess um but that next year did you finished up school um did i i don't even know my life <laughs> but the next year in 2015 i just had a bunch of friends who are on the tour again one of my friends was doing merch for never shout never and he had allowed me to join him for about three weeks of the tour and kind of be his merch assistant cool which is necessary for an artist like that i think some guys sell a lot of merch and it's nice when someone can help you with restocks and everything and definitely you know bands do lose a lot of money in those time periods where when we're talking about um, a quality merch person for something that's as big as the Warp Tour, you don't really want a merch guy where it takes him two hours to go do a restock. Like, you need to get back and keep selling because that's thousands of dollars going outside the win- out the window. Um, so I'm sure that you, like, learning in for a larger artist two summers in a row must have kind of hit you pretty quickly like that's you know a lot of people get their start working for a smaller band maybe on the ernie ball stage and they sell a couple hundred bucks a day if they're lucky and you know especially um 2017 in particular i can't imagine being a small band on that tour playing in like the new mexico date oh yeah even the company i was working for they were killing every single day but we made a four dollar profit in new mexico four dollars <laughs> yeah yeah that was shit that was a terrible day um some dates are are particularly hard but that was a a rough year and you know because i think the thing with the warp tour is kevin builds so many bands careers summer after summer and then they eventually get so big that they're like well i don't have to come back to warp tour but it's like but, dude, you need to come back to Warp Tour. Like, you know, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Come on now. Yeah, help us out. <laughs> A day to remember. 2021 Warp Tour. I just made that up. See, that's what you can do when you have your own show. You can make shit up, and then um, someone might actually think it's, like, news or something. But it's not, because it's No, just it the- totally is. You guys should all go to the Vans Warp Tour in 2021, because mm-hmm. it is happening. With well, data remember. It's going to be rebranded and it's called the what's their uh their festival's called? Um the uh self-help. Oh, yeah, self-help. Oh, it's actually self-help festival put on by Data Remember 2021 featuring Wage War. I'm just going to say that cuz they they do a lot of stuff together. So that could be accurate. I could be, you know, yeah, I'm, but I'm making it up. Are you? 
<laughs> yeah, that's Time awesome. Yeah, I like doing stuff like that because I want people to think that I, for some reason, know more information than other people. In the re- like, that's my favorite part of COVID is stupid people making posts about, yeah, like touring is going to happen or, or this isn't going to happen in 2020. It's all... Tw- you want to know what you know? You don't know anything. Just like everybody else doesn't know anything. Yeah. You're a fucking idiot. But, you know, I can't call, I don't call them idiots on the internet. I just do it on my show, which is on the internet. Right. And they'd have to listen to it rather than me tagging them. I just read all those posts and I'm like, yeah. I have already accepted that touring is just not going to come back for a very, very long time. And I'm just going to sit here and wait it out until someone actually sends me a confirmed tour. Yeah, precisely. That's exactly how I feel where, you know, at first you want to contact your agent and be like, dude, is there anything? Do you know? It's like, no. Yeah. We don't know anything. So I've it honestly made me feel better. Where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit back. I'm not going to worry about it. If it happens this year, God bless. If it doesn't, I hope I keep getting unemployment the whole time <laughs> and they reinstate that federal boost because, like, that's good money. Yeah, that's oh. the only way I'm really getting by. Yeah. Once you're, once you lose that $600, it's like, well, now my, how am I going to pay my rent? My full-time job is selling T-shirts for bands. Yeah, I'm going to be really poor at that point. Um so we'll see what happens. Maybe like another pan, they'll get the second wave and then we'll all get more money printed for us from the machine. I love money. So let's yeah. go. I love money. I want to get my own money machine, but they're hard to find. <laughs> that would be so cool. I mean, I'd come over way more often if you had a money machine. Yeah, if I could print money, that would be sick. Um, are you, I guess... When you started uh, getting into the tour world, I know you started with merch, but were you always interested in learning how to tour manage? Um, I definitely, uh, I definitely was. Um, the very first, like, legitimate full tour that I ever did was 2016 Warp Tour with Broadside, and we didn't necessarily have the best tour manager, and the band was kind of always trying to figure out a way to kind of like fire him but do it in a nice way because he wasn't being very helpful and later on in the tour we found out he was stealing money from all of us and he had given me such a hard time on that tour that I kind of was like you know what I can do what he does or rather what he is supposed to be doing and I could do it so much better it just seems like he ha- he has so many important tasks that he should be doing, but he's not doing them. Yeah. And it just sounds like more creative thinking that goes into it. And that's the kind of stuff I wanted to do. Like I wanted to be in a position where I could help solve problems and I could be in charge and I could actually make sure that things get done. So that was really like a push that I needed to be like, yeah, I see what this guy's doing. I could do that. I really want to do that. Yeah, that's great. And honestly, that's the biggest, one of the scariest things when it comes to warp Tour and I've heard it happen with other tours as well, just in general, when you have either a merch person who... It, it would be very easy. Say you are a band who sells $3,000 worth of merchandise every day, roughly. You know, you have your good days, you have your bad days, you have your days you do 3500 you have your days you do 2500 And none of, no one in the band is counting boxes, counting merchandise, knowing what the inventory is like. They just get spreadsheets and are told. Mm-hmm. It's very easy for a merchandise person to a uh, salesperson to take money. And it's interesting because 
I think that's how you find someone that, you know, you love to work with because with myself, the people that have worked for my band, never once have I thought to myself, let alone question them. But I've never even thought like, oh, is Capert taking money from me? All I'm thinking about is, oh man, it's about the end of the day. Like I need to go push Cam's shit because he had a long <laughs> fucking day. And, you know, now we've had a couple really amazing guys sell merch for us. Um, currently, last was Carlos, but he's usually with Beartooth and like, like other bands. Um, and he's the shit. He's one of the greatest merch salespeople on the planet. And Trevor, who's been with us for a few years and a lot of you know, who's just sweet as an angel. But <laughs> that's a difficult thing where I know that's something that we're going to dive into a bit where you've had... Um, maybe, uh, some, you know, I guess it's just generally you always tour with men. So then you end up having a man who you're working for question you as to whether you've been taking funds or not. And it just seems like, uh, you know, an abuse of a role. And I'm not saying that because it's like, oh, well, uh, it's a man saying it to a woman. I'm saying that as a business owner. I'm saying that as a band who has generated good funds and lived my life off of those funds and never once have I questioned my employees. And it's not because I'm oblivious to it. It's because I trust people and I'm not a fucking asshole. So do you want to like talk about that a little bit? Because I know that in private conversation we were discussing this and that's something that you've had to deal with. And it seems like just, I don't know, to me it just seems like an abuse of power at the moment. Oh, absolutely. I had several issues with this one particular person that you're referring to. Um, I was on tour with a pretty decently sized band. And the thing with merch is that the management, like somebody always does have the actual numbers of all the shirts that are coming in. My job is just to count them, make sure they're all there tell them how much I sell every night, make sure the money is all there, make sure all the numbers add up, make sure we're reordering what we have to reorder, you know, but all the data is always backed up. The manager can always go in, prove, yeah, everything is here. Yeah, we have all the shirts we should have. You know, there's never any actual issue. If someone is stealing from you, you could tell very easily. But I had the singer of a band kind of just come in day one he didn't really know me even though he was the one who hired me because we had a lot of mutual friends and he saw that I was always touring within the scene like he seemed like he was so stoked to hire me but then as soon as I started working for them he was always always trying to like slip these ideas into my head and kind of be like oh like are you doing this um I'm just checking because in the past we have had merch people steal from us and he would always be trying to squeeze that into a conversation about how previous merch people would take advantage of his band yeah, kind just... of trying to insinuate that I was doing the same thing and then yeah. eventually I just hit a point where I was like hey listen I know maybe you're not trying to be malicious by saying all of this but it's making me feel like you are kind of trying to accuse me of doing the same thing and 100 yeah and I was like I promise you that's not happening and you have all of the data to prove that it's not happening you have all the money every night that you should have yeah and I kind of just had to put him in his place for him to kind of step back and be like, okay, I guess I was doing that, you know, like maybe sure. she's right. I need to back off. Yeah. And I just am curious too, like, who are you hiring where you have multiple people that are stealing from you? Because like Michelle just pointed out also, there's data for everything. 
we can just look at it and count. And like, if things don't add up, it's harder to pay bills. You'll have issues with your merch company. At some point, you're going to hit a wall. It's not like it's just so easy, you know. It's easy to steal it in the moment. At the end of the tour, everybody's going to find out. Yeah, for sure. Because there's going to be numbers missing, and it comes out of our wallets, and then, of course, everybody gets pissed. Um, But yeah, that just sounds like such a shit situation to have to deal with, especially when you're just trying to get to know a band in general, where it's like, I can't even get to know you because you're just constantly making me put up a wall because you think I'm stealing from you, even though... Like, why would I be here if I did? Because yeah, my like, reputation is great. Why did you hire me if you thought I was going to steal yeah. from you? Just like, relax, give me a chance. Let me get to know you. See, I'm doing my job. Everything's going to be chill. Yeah. What was your favorite Warped Year out of the ones you did? Uh, I think 2018, the very last one. It was just good vibes all around. Everyone was hanging out. The attendance was a lot better. Yeah. Merch was doing a lot better. I was on Broadside's crew again, and we didn't have a tour manager who was stealing from us this time. Yes. So we were all friends, all hanging out every single day. It was a great time. What was your drive situation like? Were you guys in a bandwagon? or We were in a bandwagon for that Sick. year. Yeah. That's awesome. Big moves. <laughs> yeah, big regret never doing that on a warp tour, but um, that's awesome. I assume that that band smashed pretty hard. What stage were they playing on? They did smash pretty hard. I'm going to say that because I love them. But they were playing on the Owly FM stage. Right, right, right. But it was like the Journeys, what what used to be the Journeys stage. The maybe? Journeys became the main stage. This was like the mid-tier level stage that they were playing. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The names keep changing, you know. Who can keep track? Hey, sponsorships <laughs> are important, you know. I liked when they were monster stages just because, you know, that sounds metal. Absolutely. Um, and I only ever played the metal stages, except for the Ernie. We played Ernie Ball the first year for half the summer, which that was such an interesting. 2014 was such an interesting year for Warp Tour because the um, first half of the summer on that stage there was a little band called Paris that played, and I just remember showing up, and everyone that was on the tour had a Paris shirt. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, I, yeah. There's always myself. that one band every single year that everyone on the tour really loves. Yeah. And then the next year they just blew up. Oh yeah. Cause they're amazing and they should massive band. Um, I used to like play some local shows with them occasionally around here. Um, always been super talented, like just phenomenal. But when you do see a band blow up like that, where in the I, 2017, I, I would say it was knocked loose. Where it was just yeah. unreal sets every day. They were on the Kevin Says stage, the not on the heavy metal. Full sale, quote unquote stage. Oh yeah, full sale yeah. stage. Um, which is a smaller stage. It wasn't like the primary heavy stage, but oh, they trounced everybody with um, crowds daily. The pits were insane. And uh, their merch sales looked to I me. Mean, I just remember going at one point to get stuff <laughs> and it was sold out. I was like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, and that was just an awesome, you know, situation. It's cool to see young bands be able to prosper like that. Um, this last, uh, before quarantine happened, you were out with the Wonder Years for a little bit, right? I was, yes. That's sick. It is sick. I booked them at an Elks Lodge when I was like 16 once. I used to listen to them when I was 16, which is funny because they don't know that. Yeah, right. <laughs> now they do. Mr. Mr. Soupy is listening. He might be. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's his uh, uh, Dan? 
Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell. That's a great name. Yeah. I also love soup. Um, does he actually like soup or does he despise it? I've never actually asked him. Interesting. We never really got an opportunity to eat soup together. Okay. Maybe we would have if there hadn't mm-hmm. been a pandemic. You know, we would have had some more time on tour. I wonder if he likes gazpacho. <laughs> yeah. It's a funny word. It is. It's yeah. funny that you just randomly thought of it. Well, yeah. If we're going to talk about soups, like I'm a pretty crazy soup connoisseur. I know a lot about all the soups. Um, You know, I like the purees. I like a chowdra. I like all sorts of stuff. Um, But fuck soup. We're going to talk about <laughs> merch sales <laughs> and what it's like being a lady on the on the, on the road. Um which honestly I feel like the most annoying part just in general and and people always bring this up when they're like I could never tour as a girl like it's so gross you live in a van it's like that's just for everybody like it's <laughs> fucking gross in general like it's not like just because I'm a dude it's I'm like okay smelling like shit you it's I mean I can't speak as a lady but do you think it's like an extra challenge as a lady it's not an extra challenge as a lady it's just gross in general and i'm someone who always likes to smell good and just have good hygiene all the warp tours that i did only one of those summers was i on a vehicle with a shower which was 2018 yeah all the other summers i would make it a point to walk all the way to wherever the showers were every single day take a shower and then walk all the way back to the bandwagon yeah just because like yeah, everyone was always like, oh, it's so far. Like, it's too hard. I'm not going to shower today. But for me, I just could not even fathom something like that. Like, I yeah. was just so disgusting at the end of every day I needed to shower. It was rough. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Like, for me, it was the same thing. I mean, generally, we had summers where a driver would be at, like, a hotel. So we would take our van over there and shower before we left, which was cool, too. Because um, walking back from the showers, sometimes you just get, like, gross again anyway. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I w- you know, I was interested to see how you felt about that because I feel like when you're doing something like Warp Tour, it's just so gross in general where everyone's like, well, man, woman, animal, whatever. <laughs> you're you're having a rough time at that point. Um, but yeah, being in the bandwagon makes it way fucking better. Yeah. Not so hard. Um, I was in a bandwagon for five days recently, four months ago. And then the world ended. Yep, I was going to say. And now I have a show where I talk about how I was in a van for five days or a bandwagon. But the thing with like doing like venue tours and you're in a bandwagon, that means you're playing big enough rooms that you can like afford to be in a bandwagon. And those bigger rooms also tend to just have nice, clean showers in them. But when you're doing smaller tours in a van, those venues don't have showers. And if you're not getting a hotel and you're just like doing an overnight drive, you're going to wake up feeling gross and there's nothing you can do about it. But you just have to really suck it up on those days. What you do is you have someone who is willing to get up in the morning and wake everyone up and you all have Planet Flit fitness black cards yeah i did that with a band called trash boat that was the first time yeah yeah Yeah, i i've listened to them a little bit there was a tour that at one point we were gonna do together where it was like bear tooth and oh you know what no it was bear tooth and like vanna and then they we were gonna open and then we bailed and trash boat opened that's my story about trash boat (laughs) sounds Um, like you really know them 
<laughs> I do. I know them extremely well. I know, um, what's the singer's name? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, <laughs> I lo- yeah, I, I fucking love that band, dude. Like, what's that one record we're, that they we're have? so close. Yeah, like, oh. Those are my boys. Dude, I've been like, I fucking, <laughs> he liked my Instagram once. We're best bros, dude. <laughs> like, honestly, he followed me back. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's, those are real conversations. Um, but honestly, when someone really cool follows me back, I'm stoked. Actually, this just made me think of something. There are some like, because I started doing photography and bigger bands will post like photos that I take. So sometimes cool bands that I know of, but I've never met them, you know, we're not acquainted at all. Like sometimes people from those bands will follow me on Instagram and I'll be like, hell yeah, like these bands think my stuff is cool. Like they want to hire me, something like that. You know, I get super stoked. So I'll follow them back. And then sometimes I'll be so wrong about these people's intentions because I'll look at my Instagram DM requests and it'll be like a hard eyes emoji from this band that I thought was like following me because I thought they liked my work. And then I'll sit there and I'll be like, oh, fuck, (sighs) not again. Yep. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I have no words when it comes to that. I can't imagine... How awkward it is to be put into that situation. And I, you know, there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of men in the music scene. There are very few women. And in general, I feel like, and I've noticed this a bit when there is a lady around tour on tour, everyone's like, who is that? Huh? Who's she with? Does she have a boyfriend? Well, I think she's cute. Well, yeah. Um, and (laughs) yeah. And they all and you know, and, and, you know, part of it maybe is like instinctual because dudes are fucking dudes, but that is not, um, an excuse by any means. And it's just gotta be really disrespectful when you're like actually putting art out there. You're working really hard. You're working with some bands that are extremely respected that do very well for themselves and when someone else just kind of slaps in your face, like, oh, I'm just going to like put you down for a second, which in their head, they're like, oh, I'm hitting on this person. They don't take a moment to think to, think to themselves. The last thing that she probably wants from me right now is your stupid fucking heart eyes emoji, <laughs> you stupid piece of shit. So is that like, you know, I feel like it's a sign of disrespect. Like, I mean... In a way, like, I'm human too, but if you see that I'm not reciprocating, like, I'm not really responding, I'm not into this, maybe you should just, like, take a step back and be like, okay, she's not into it, like, let me move on. But sometimes you'll have someone with a huge ego, which you don't know because you don't know this person, but if there's someone with an ego and you're not replying to them, you're not reciprocating, then they could just start being like, oh man, she's such a bitch, like fuck this girl, I'm going to talk shit on her to all the band people I know because she's such a bitch, even though all I did was just, like, ignore in advance, you know? But they'll take it so personally, they could potentially talk shit on me, they could start spreading all this, like, I don't know, a bunch of negativity about me that I don't deserve, that I am not even aware of because in my eyes, I didn't even do anything, you know? I just am not interested in being hit on, that's all. And then that'll start affecting the way that bands and professionals see me. 
Absolutely. And it'll affect who I get hired by. And I won't even know that, oh, I got turned down because someone had said I was a bitch when I did nothing wrong at all. Yeah. And I think that in general, guys just have a hard time, especially when they are uh, maybe a, you know, big popular guy in a band or with an ego. And they're like, what? Someone didn't respond to mm-hmm. my heart eyes? <laughs> How? You're right. And then they're like, she's a fucking bitch anyway. Like, I don't need that girl. But they're they're hurt by it. But, you know, I just don't understand where necessarily it draws that line um, into uh, being disrespectful and talking about it to other people or creating rumors or trying to get that person not to be able to work in their industry just because they didn't want to sleep with you. Um, yeah, and you never know what kind of person you're going to get. These are all strangers on the internet. You know, yeah. they don't even know me personally at all. They just see my photos now because their friends are sharing them, you know? No, I mean, for the most part, at least it's nice to hear that you have gotten to tour with a lot of really great people. And you've definitely, like, we have a lot of mutual friends. It seems like for them, you know, there are a lot of guys, uh, you know, especially other merch guys, who always seem to, like, you all click together super well, seem to enjoy each other's company and, and be friendly to each other. Do you think that, um, or not do you think, is this something that you encounter often where you've had, you know, quite a few guys like kind of treat you like shit on tour, talk down to you, disrespect you because you're a lady or treat you as less than? Absolutely. Thankfully, I've also had a bunch of tours where people are just great. And in the beginning, I did have a lot of those tours where I wasn't actually encountering a lot of bullshit. I was pretty well respected when I was starting out, but that's what made it harder in recent years once I actually started encountering people who were just so terrible to me for no reason other than the fact that maybe they didn't want to take directions from a woman who is younger than them. Yeah. Like all of the experiences that I had recently that were so negative at first when I was going through them, I just couldn't even comprehend like what I could do in these situations because it was all coming out of nowhere and it was frustrating me, but it was so like new to me. Like I had to figure out how to navigate all of these situations and there aren't many women in the scene that I could go to because I would be on a tour package of all men and there would be times where if I would approach someone that I thought I could trust and be like, oh, this guy is kind of harassing me, could you step in and say something? Sometimes the person that I would go to wouldn't even be helpful. They would just kind of be like, oh, I'm just trying to be neutral and stay out of it. But to me, that just felt like so disrespectful because sometimes you, you need an ally there with you. Like, I know you might feel uncomfortable telling your boy to stop, but someone has to because I'm telling him to stop and he just doesn't care. He doesn't stop. Well, and it's one of those things where it's like, if you want me here on tour, why the fuck won't you stand up for me? You know, so you don't really care. All right, I'm out. Absolutely. Like, and, and I'm sure that you've been in situations where, and I know we were discussing where it's, it puts you in a place where it's like, well, I want to leave because I don't want to be around you, but also... I want to stand strong. I want to do my job well. And I want to make the living that I said I was going to because I planned on being on tour for X amount of weeks where you can't just go all of a sudden just be like, oh, well, fuck all that money that I told myself I was going to make during this time period. So that's got to put you in a really hard position as well. 100% because 
I'm there to work. And if I'm not the one who's doing anything wrong, if someone else is the one who is harassing me, constantly talking down on me, treating me like shit, why should I have to be like, okay, I guess I'm going home. Why aren't they the ones being reprimanded and sent home? Because if I go home from being treated like shit for just being a girl, I'll go on the next tour. It's going to happen again. What am I supposed to do? Go home again? Just keep going home from tours? Like, I can stand up for myself all I want. If it's not getting through to someone and I'm coming up to some other guy thinking they'll respect this guy if this guy just tells them to stop and this guy is not helping me at all, he's just being complacent and not doing anything then I just you feel so small and you feel so trapped and you're like okay well what do I do because now I'm just stuck and I have no direction and it's just a scary place to be in and it's also you're living in a vehicle with other people it's not like you can just get in your car and leave um or you know hop a plane or whatever especially if you haven't made your money and one thing I want to add in too is when I talk about, you know, guys getting primal when a girl shows up on tour and they're all, you know, snarling and like, oh, who is she? Who is she with? And blah, blah, blah. I'm not saying this as some like, um, you know, super feminist where I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so disrespectful. Nothing like that should ever happen. I'm saying this because I've also been there, too. I'm a dude, you know, and it's I'm not saying it's right. I think that's the point is you know, we need to be able to have an open conversation where, you know, I'm just not here trying to, you know, shine a, a mirror or a light on any on anybody else. I, too, have been imperfect. And, you know, luckily, like, I'm in an awesome relationship with a really beautiful woman, and she's going to marry me, and I'm super lucky. And I started touring when I was older, and by that time, maybe I had learned enough where, I mean, one awesome, you know, my band... You know, we come from a, you know, a Christian metal background. You know, we're not really trying to go out there and party hard in general. I think anyone that asks, like, oh, does Fit for a King rage? <laughs> you know, for the, in the last year, yeah. Up until then, <laughs> not so much. Um, now we have more fun, but that's because I'm old and dying. But I just don't want to be, I never want to be that guy who's just trying to um, make everybody else look like an asshole and act like I'm perfect because I'm not like, there's definitely times where like, yeah, I've, I've hit on girls before. Yeah. I and mean, there's some times where I've done it not so great. Um, but if we don't create open discussion where we can shine a proper light on it, where it's like, okay, like dude, that was fucking shitty, but like, we're going to correct this and you're not going to act like that anymore. And this is why, but when you don't have someone out on your team, who's helpful in that and that actually stands up for you and puts that person in check, then nobody grows. And it's sometimes it is up to that middleman. And I think that that's really important where this comes to all things, not just how you, um, you know, flirt with the same or opposite sex. This has to do with the workplace. This has to do with life in general. You know, sometimes a lot of us have problems with other people and we need someone to assist us to kind of make a clear message because, there is a, a disconnect between both parties. That guy was just being disrespectful to you because he's a disrespectful person, and that's just how he wanted to be. Um, so it is frustrating that you didn't have that backing. Um, it is time for the mid-roll. Goddamn mosh. Why would I go away for a week only to come back with no mosh? This is a metal show, is it not? It is, and I am metal, but I fucking love emo music. I'm sorry, but I have to tell you about all the bands I love, not just the heavy ones. 
With that, I promise next week will be extra heavy. One of my favorite releases of 2020 is The World You Want to See by Glacier Veins. I'm a huge fan of female-fronted rock, and this definitely hits the early Paramore Mayday Parade vibes. They refer to themselves as dream punk, and I can get into it. The guitar work is very soothing and easy listening. Malia, the singer-guitarist, has a fantastic voice and really knows her vocal pocket. Overall, this record rocks, and shout out to Equal Vision for signing this great band. Here we go, Feel Better Now by Glacier Veins. Did you finish out that tour? Yeah, I could actually tell that whole story because I feel like this is touching on the very like minuscule minuscule details, but there was just so much depth to this that the tour was just such a terrible experience for me that I actually went home and I had suppressed so many memories from it because it was just that bad. 
Like I couldn't even fathom how disrespected I had been by all of these people. And it wasn't in the sense that like, oh, these people were flirting with me. That whole thing that you just said, it is definitely a different aspect to it. Like I get people are human beings. Like, you know, I thought people are cute too. You know, yeah. I'm human too. But there's, you know, yeah. it, there, that's just different. with the, you know, the only reason, you, you know, I say that on this show is because one, it's my show. Mm hmm. Too. I think I'm a pretty like unbiased person. Like I don't. Uh, I'm definitely not perfect, but I just about love everybody. Um, I'm I'm pretty nice. I try not to make too harsh of judgments, um, and I I like information. So when I look at myself and who I've been throughout my life, I just have some moments that maybe I could have done a, a, a quite a bit better as well. Yeah, everyone um, has those moments. So, you know, I think it's important when, you know, when we're discussing something like this, you know, and for whoever's listening, we're just being fucking reflective. We're being normal. We're being people. You should appreciate it because that's how we actually can create progress as a unified group of people. <laughs> so why don't you, like, tell us a little bit of the story. Now, before you tell it, I want full names, emails, <laughs> addresses, yes. and I want everybody listening to go get these motherfuckers. Please do go um, figure this shit out. Okay, if you are a detective <laughs> yo, and you want you, to bitch. figure out who this is about, I'm not saying I'm going to stop you. I'm oh just not going to name <laughs> names. I know. Yeah, we're not going to... This will be... Every other episode, I just talk shit on everyone, and this will be the one episode we don't name names, but we actually should have. <laughs> I mean... No, There's no. always time for the truth to come out. It's going to... Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's the document that will drop afterwards. Um, oh, absolutely. Mm. I'll write my Tumblr post. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I did this tour. Not going to say when, <laughs> but... Um, I ended up on this tour. I was hired to be the headlining band's merch person. And just three days before the tour had started, they had hit me up because they started their drive across the country to get to the first show, whereas I was going to be flying into the first show with the rest of the crew to meet them there. But the band themselves were driving across the country, van and trailer full of shit. And they had received a call from this guy that was supposed to be their tour manager slash front of house person who, um, I guess he was Canadian. He got stopped at the border because he had some prior thingies. Don't know yeah. what the term is. Well, there's, it's complicated with the Canadian border. You can have a DUI, you can have a, a minor weed offense sometimes. Now I'm not talking like a normal, um, UPM, but like anything, cause I'm speaking from experience um but and you know things that are more major so you can get stopped at the border pretty easily yeah so he was stopped i guess he had some stuff on him not like drugs or anything he had like a front of house console or something on him that suggested to them that he was coming over to the states for work rather than for a vacation oh, like he had said yeah. even though the band had told him ahead of time like make sure you have nothing on you like if you're gonna say you're going on vacation just literally bring your clothes and that's it like we have everything for you but he didn't listen he got stopped at the border basically got turned away got banned from america got sent Damn. back to his home hey just one thing to yeah. add in real quick too for everyone listening i've never had a dui knock on wood i'm just i'm talking about the the weed offense which is just like a small thing it's a ticket but continue Sure. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, you have to double check yourself with these shit because I don't want everyone to be, Tuck confesses on air that he's had a DUI and then my mom will hear this. She'll be like, Ryan, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, because that's what my mom sounds like. But so this guy gets stopped at the border. 
Yeah. He can't get he in. Can't he's go banned on this from tour. the U.S. Yeah. Because he's dumb, dumb. Exactly. And the tour is still three days away. Like, he was supposed to meet them and, like, continue the drive with them. But now he can't. And so the band is scrambling because now they need a tour manager for their headlining tour. Who and, can also run sound. Yeah. And a front of house person. But they start going through, like people that they can find that are along their driving route at this point to save money you know they can just scoop someone up and take them with them like that's their ideal candidate but uh the band was like made up of people that i was kind of already acquainted with and they knew that i had done tour management for broadside and bands like old wounds before so they just reached out to me and they were asked if they could promote me to do both tour managing and merch on their tour and I was excited because I really did want to tour manage that tour. Like originally, the only reason that I wasn't able to is because I couldn't also do sound. Mm -hmm. But at this point, they asked if they could promote me, have me do tour managing and merch managing. And they said they would find a front of house person on their driving route. Um, yeah, someone, who would also, <laughs> someone who would also help them with loading things. Yeah. Because now we were losing an extra hand, you know. And so whatever, I was scrambling to deal with my end of things now that I had just randomly become the tour manager, didn't know what had already been done for the tour, didn't know what shows had been advanced, couldn't really get this Canadian guy to send me what he had. I didn't have anyone on the tour package's information. Jesus. So I had to scramble and focus on things Did like that. Did they have a manager that could like forward you this information? Yes, he sent me as much as he could. It would have been very helpful if the tour manager himself had sent me over what he had already done, which eventually he did, but like literally like the day the tour started is when he started helping me but i was like it's too late now, buddy. I had to like DM yeah. the direct support act on Instagram at one point and be like, "Hi. <laughs> wow. What's your number?" It was insane. That's crazy. It was insane. So I was dealing with all of Garbage that. Garbage situation. Yep. Yeah. And they, it was like a small tour too, like small venues. So you know that these promoters are not hitting you back until yeah. like the day before the show. Yeah. No advances. No, no bullshit. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a lot to try to take in. But I get, I fly out, I get to the first show. Um, everyone's super nice we have a good first night we stay at like a friend of the band's house and the next day we drove down it was like an off day a driving day ended up staying with one of my friends and I was going out to dinner with my friend that night I had invited the other crew members to come along with me because I thought we were all like vibing you know I wanted to get to know yeah. everyone and I was like, oh, if you guys want to come, we're going to this restaurant and like this place. They're all vegan because my friend and I are vegan. But if you want to come, definitely come along. So they agreed. They came along. And I don't know where this one guy, the guy that they had picked up and decided, oh, he's going to be our front of house guy because he lives on the route, on the driving route. And we have stayed with him one time <laughs> when we played in his city. So he's going to be our front of house guy. So this guy comes along with us. And out of nowhere, he just starts being really rude for no reason, really just bashing me while we are driving and kind like of bashing your skills as a no, as no, a, just yeah. bashing me kind of as a person for the decision that I made to not eat meat or dairy, which affects him in no way at all. Like out of nowhere, he just oh, starts okay. going in and I'm like, OK, this guy's kind of being weirdly shitty for no reason. He's disrespecting my friend that is letting us stay at her house. I'm not getting good vibes from this person anymore. He's just being kind of a jerk. And 
it's one of those things where you're like, oh, you'll brush it off. Like, you know, it's just yeah. an incident. But it kind of like didn't ever get better from there. He was just like always this mean person, always had something to say. Like that just kind of set the tone for his personality, which at the time I didn't know. I just thought, oh, maybe he's just having a moment. But yeah. like, no, he was just that's the kind of person that he was. And um, one of the first incidents that I actually like had with him where he was just rude to me as someone who was in a position of power was when we were staying over at someone's house who was a friend of the singers and we were all about to leave. And this front of house guy was sitting in the van. He was rolling a joint. No one in the band uh, smoked weed or anything, but it's like they didn't care, you know, but he was rolling a joint in the van and a bunch of little crumbs were falling onto the ground and I wasn't around, but the singer came and found me and he was like, Hey, I was wondering if you as a tour manager would be able to ask him if he could uh, roll the joint outside of the van because we have to cross the border. They just didn't want any yeah. weed all over the ground, which makes perfect sense. Yes. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, yeah, I'll go tell him. No worries. I just walked over to the van. I was like, Hey, I was wondering if you could um, just step outside when you roll your joints, just because there's weed getting on the floor and we have to cross the border. And the guy just, like, looks at me. He, like, scoffed and kind of acted like he didn't hear me. He just kept sitting there rolling his joint, you know, completely disregarding me. And I was like, okay, like, that kind of made me a bit angry. And I was like, I don't understand why he just did that. I went over to the singer. I was like, hey, just so you know, this happened. Like, I tried to tell him. But the singer kind of, like, shrugged it off and was like, okay, like, I'll talk to him. But, you know, he wasn't going to talk to him. Yeah. So I, I was, like, a little angry. But it's like, what can you do at that point? It's the first time something like this had happened, whatever. Okay, we all got in the van and then this front of house guy like turns around and is like, oh, dude, like you'll never guess what she just said to me. She just told me to like roll my joint outside the van as if I'm getting weed all over the floor, you know, like it's just crumbs. And I was like, okay, now the singer is finally going to say something, you know, he's going to say like, yeah, I told her to do that. No, he just like gave him a little smile and was like, oh, yeah, said nothing. And I was like, wow. I was raging on the inside. I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Holy shit. Yeah, stuff like that. What a weenie. Right? And the tour progresses. This guy, terrible attitude, whole time. There was a day our van broke down, and he had to stay behind with myself and the female photographer to, like, wait for it to get fixed while the band went and, like, did some other stuff. He was so angry that he had to stay behind with us rather than like going with the boys and helping them move the gear, which was so weird. Like we were just standing there like there's nothing to be angry about. We're all just waiting it out. You know, we're doing our part, letting them do their part. Everyone has a job here. You can't just pick and choose what you want to do right now. We were just trying to get to the show because our van broke down. And we finally get to the city. He's already angry. Doors are about to open and everyone is still trying to like sound check. I'm trying to set up merch before all the kids start coming in because we had just barely made it. And I realized after I set everything up, like, oh, shit, I need to go downstairs and grab like more hoodies. But kids are already coming in. Like, I can't be the one to go do it. I went to the green room. Um, This dude is just chilling there, drinking a beer, talking to people. So I just walked in. I like waited for him to stop talking to whoever he was talking to. And I was like, hey, real quick, do you think you could run down to the trailer and grab me some more hoodies? And he just looked at me and he was like, what, you can't do it yourself? And I was like, what do you mean? First of all, it's literally your job to be my helping hand. That is in your job description that you have to help me with like merch, things like this, if 
I ever need it. And this was literally the first time on the whole tour that I had ever asked him to do anything merch related anyways. And so I told him that I was like, it's literally your job. You can go. There's kids coming in right now. I can't leave my station. Like, thanks. Goodbye. I was frustrated and I ended up speaking to the band's manager because I was like, hey, it's getting a little bit out of hand. This guy's talking back to me in front of the whole tour package. Everyone is kind of coming up to me and being like, hey, what the fuck was that about? And no yeah. one in the band themselves is actually saying anything. It's all like the su- direct support acts. I'm like the support bands coming up to me and being like, hey, that wasn't really cool. And all I can do is say like, yeah, I know no one's really doing anything about it. It's kind of embarrassing. Ha ha ha. Fuck. And yeah few days later we ended up staying at my house on tour i had already decided like i don't really like this guy um as we were leaving my house i noticed a few things on my bookshelf had gone missing like a bunch of little enamel pins and i didn't think anything of it i was like oh i probably misplaced it we all piled into the van and i had got like a phone call from my mom where she was like hey just so you know i know you're already having problems with this guy but like just so you know the kind of person you're on tour with, like, I don't really care, but I think he took the towel that I let him borrow, like, not because it was an issue for her, she would have let him keep it if he needed it, but she was just like, oh, it's kind of sketchy that he just took it without saying anything, because, like, it's not at home, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, I wonder if he took my stuff, and I didn't even have to ask him, because the van had, like, hit a bump, and all of my, his backpack fell over, and all of my things just fell out onto the ground, And I saw, like, all of my pins just on the ground of the van. And I was like, oh, great. Like, glad that happened. I just scooped them up, put them in my pocket. I didn't say anything because I was trying to think of, like, how to best address this situation, you know? And little things like that would happen. Um, It got to a point where this guy also started asking me for advances on his pay uh, for so that he could buy weed. And... I was like, honestly, like I'll ask the band and the manager because I don't care if I give him like a hundred dollars a few days before the rest of his pay, you know, because I was keeping track of it. But I was like, okay, I guess I'll ask. And the management and the band, they were like, no, don't do that. Like everyone gets paid like on Saturday because I was giving everyone cash. And I was was like, okay, yeah, makes sense. I told him he got mad at me as if it was somehow my fault. I was like, okay, whatever, dude. You're like, there's, your job. yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. If you can't see that it's not my fault and that I'm not your enemy, then I don't know what to tell you. It sucks. And he would always, yeah, he just always got mad at me for everything that I was relaying to him from the band. That was my whole yeah. tour experience was me relaying messages to him and him getting mad at me. Do you feel like this is a consistent thing that you deal with, just in general, where you know that there always be a guy or two who whether it's, you know, you passing along a message, but just in general, it's you doing your job, that there's just some guys that just this, you know, you know, these things that, you know, maybe like this guy did keep consistently happening with other people or is, you know, honestly, if it ever does happen where someone is like brushing me off, it's never as like serious and never in a way that this guy had done it to me like he was okay, just cool. so blatantly disrespectful other people might like internally just be like oh whatever like yeah. she's a woman whatever she's telling me to do something but this guy was like outwardly like he hated me for no reason and there was a day where it was another hectic day where the promoter was the same promoter from the night before he had given me the guarantees for the support acts from the night before he had given me everyone's buyouts for the show tonight 
And he was like, here's all these small bills, all the cash that I owe you in one handful right now. Here you go. And his name was Seth Keen. <laughs> no, this was some guy in Ohio. I don't even know who he was. But I was like, okay, whatever. I sat down at merch, like made little piles, distributed everything, like accounted for everything. I went around the venue giving everyone I found like the money that they were owed. And then everyone who I didn't see, I was like, okay, putting, locking this money up at merch, I'll go eat and then I'll give everyone the rest. And as I'm coming back from getting food, I got a text from the singer and he was like, oh, hey, I think you gave our front of house guy the wrong buyout. Um, Just so you're aware, like, I think he got $10 instead of like 20. And I was like, okay, like, let me get back to merch. It's probably there. I'll take a look. I got back to merch. I was like, oh yeah, honest mistake. Like I'll come give him the rest. Like he's right. I do. I did give him the wrong buyout. I come back to the green room. I'm like, hey, here you go. And this guy just stands up and he like really hates me at this point. Yeah. He stands up. He starts screaming at me in front of everybody about how I'm evil, how I'm withholding money from him on purpose, about how I'm such a terrible tour manager and he has no idea how I got this job and the band loves him so much, the band is going to hire him again, but they're never going to work with me because I'm such a terrible person who's so bad at my job, just like yelling at the top of his lungs and I am standing there just in shock and the only phrase I was able to get out was, do you want me to tell you what happened or are you going to keep yelling? And he just kept yelling and he started swinging his arms and the singer jumped up because it genuinely felt like this guy was about to start hitting me. The singer jumped up, grabbed him, restrained him. And he just was like, Michelle, like you should leave the green room, like get out of the venue. Like you should leave before he does something. And I was terrified. I was like, oh my God, like this guy's going to fucking kill me. And I left the venue and I was just in tears and no one was coming after me. No one was coming to see if I was okay. No one was even like texting me and being like, hey, where are you? Like I was just completely alone on the streets of Ohio. And so I started texting the support bands and I was like, hey, are you guys around? Because I'm completely alone. And I ended up finding one of them just like broke down crying in front of them. I barely knew them. But after that, obviously, like now we're best friends. They watched me cry. (laughs) Yeah, right. But everyone else was super supportive. They all listened to me. They were like, wow, yeah, that's not cool that the band is not even like helping you out with all of this. And it wasn't like I wasn't telling the band everything that was going on. You know, I was constantly trying to get them to reprimand him. There were days where I would call management and be like, hey, I know like, you're not out here on the road with us, but it's getting pretty bad. Do you think you could fire him? Do you think you could send him home? Maybe we could find literally anyone else to do his job. Literally anyone Or else. at least just management send him an email or call him and be like, hey, get your shit together or you're fucking canned. That actually did happen three times. The manager called him three times. And after those phone calls, the guy still never even said like, I'm sorry to me. He said I'm sorry once, but you know, obviously... A lot of this, in my opinion, goes down to the band, too, and what yep. pieces of shit they were, yep. too. Because if you had... I mean, we in our career, we've only really had one guy that we ever toured with that was like, oh, he's never coming back on the road. You know? Yeah. Where, like, you have to have people stand up for each other, and, you know, I, you know... They were so complacent that at the end of the tour, he was still saying, they're going to hire me again, but they will never hire you again to me. Yeah. Are you that delusional that you think that's true? 
Well, yeah, mostly they allowed you to think that because they didn't step in and do anything. Like you think you're in the right, and you always will because other people did not back me up. Like men did not back me up on this. It was me. It was the female support act. It was our female photographer who were all trying to get through to him, and he just didn't get it. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, for sure. It's just crazy how for some guys, I think that there is like a mental block where they're like, they just have zero respect for women and anything mm-hmm. that you say That's the kind is of guy just he was. like a bouncy ball bouncing off his brain. Mm-hmm. Like he just doesn't get it. And a lot of people, they don't realize that they have this much misogyny in them. And they always say like, oh, I love women. I respect women. But then anytime they're around a woman, like they, this is how they treat us. They brush us off. They yell at us. They don't respect our authority at all. Even though like my position is the highest position on the whole tour. I was tour managing the headliner. Like, can you just listen to me for one second? Like none of that mattered to him. And I'm sure if I was a dude that was like just as big as him, you know, he would have listened. He would have given me some respect. He wouldn't have rolled a joint in the van and then yelled at me. For no, it. that's usually. Yeah, I've I've. I've I've, yeah, <laughs> I think that the being able to um, threaten to beat people up helps sometimes. Um, I'm really at least strong in my, after I'm, quarantine. Yeah, you're tough. I have muscles. So everyone <laughs> listening, I'm ready to fight I'm gonna now. I'm going to fucking cut you. I'm no, ready. I have, you know, I've had two times that I can think of where it's funny. The only other person on tour that I've ever screamed at is Jared, and he just doesn't yell at me back because he knows he could beat the piss out of me. Um, but I've had two times where we had people that worked for us that really disrespected me. And one time it was like real cool where I was like, you say something like that again, I'm going to beat your ass. (laughs) And then they didn't, which was good. And then one time that it was like worse than that, but we didn't, I've, we didn't fight, fight, but I was like, I'm going to fucking kill you. Um, yeah. Cause I'm an angry little troll man. I'm bald little monster. But um, the other thing is I just want to point out something. You see how nice my apartment is right now? Yeah. <laughs> That's how much control I got going on right now. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about respect, keeping control. She's being quiet in there. She's reading a book. She cleaned my house real nice. For everyone listening, I'm yeah, talking about my beautiful fiance and how <laughs> she approaches from the other room. Because that's <laughs> well, bringing it back. Speaking of control, yeah, right. Honestly, it was like this experience. Oh my god, Tuck. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you. Yeah, she said, uh huh. <laughs> okay, uh, it was like that experience and a couple of others that taught me how to take more control in these situations yeah. because now. I will go cry it out. I will vent to whoever I need to vent to. But then I am able to then compose myself, go to these people who are hurting me, explain to them why it's wrong. Like, I don't yell. I have to stay composed and controlled because also, like, sometimes people see you being emotional as you being weak, which is not what it is. Like, I'm allowed to get frustrated. I'm allowed to cry. But I don't cry in front of any of these people anymore because I need them to see me as a respectable. I've also cried a lot on tour. Yeah, but you're a dude. I know. So they're still going to see you the same. <laughs> I know. That's true. I can't cry in front of anyone. Everyone thinks yeah. I don't cry. And that's exactly what I want. Yeah, I get that for sure. I mean, it. It you have to remain tough. And, you know, one thing that I was just thinking about, too, because um, 
we were discussing earlier how just how few women there are in the touring circuit when it comes to maybe definitely my world metalcore does not have a lot of women in the touring circuit. I think the only person I can really think of off the top of my head is um, our light guy, Jim's wife, also runs lights for some bands and is incredible. But um, there's really not a lot that come to mind for me off the top of my head. But when we were at Warp Tour, I did appreciate that um, the whole thing was really run by women. Yeah. You know, apart from Kevin, I feel like, you know, there, there's Chuck and there's, like, a couple other guys that, um, you know, really help and, like, you know, run some stages. But every day when you're going and if you have any problems, you're talking about your set times, you're getting your day figured out, you were talking to women and, and you know, they they had an authority to them. Like, I, it wasn't some place I wanted to go and felt like I could mouth off and complain. Like, it, you had to go there with a legitimate purpose and try to actually, like, Oh, absolutely. Know, and that's how I'm to trying you. to be. I'm trying to become so powerful that people can't even think about disrespecting me. Yeah. I want them to be scared. They and should I, be scared. I think that was a cool example of something that maybe had a, you know, must have had a good impact for you early on as a woman getting into the touring circuit is seeing a couple, like, real badass chicks. And I'm just... I'm just saying when, you know, they were, yeah, it, it's just like anybody else that has an authoritative, like, presence where when we, you would wake up in the morning and you have to go find out your set time and ask questions and get your water and, like, get everything set up for the day, I think it was um, just really nice to see that there were ladies working in the music scene because it's so few and far between. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Do you find yourself, I mean, if you've been doing the photo thing more recently, I think just because of quarantine and stuff, or were you doing that on tour as well for a little while? Um, I had been doing film photography for a long time, just for fun. I would take film photos on for, on tour too. I even did like a little zine for Broadside after the 2018 Warp Tour that was just film photos. And when I was still in college full time, like towards the end of my college career, I decided I'm going to buy a digital camera just for fun, play around with that. I took it on tour. So even if I was selling merch, I would have some nights where I would just take photos for fun. And I already knew what I was doing because I always took film yeah, photos for fun. you can do those fun. first couple of songs and then go back to the yeah. table. Yeah, or easily. if like it's my band that's playing and I don't have to be there, I could like take my time and... Yeah. A lot of the bands that I was with, they would be like, oh, you're actually like very good. And then the next tour, they would hire me to do merch and photos, which was cool. I just started like becoming a quote unquote photographer just from doing it for fun. Yeah. I mean, he only really did a lot of landscape stuff. I think he liked to shoot shows, but he just started doing it. Mm -hmm. And then we were like, oh, Trev, like these are really good. Like, do you? And now he's going to get to just do photos in the future, which is great. Well, at least that was what he was doing back when we had money and jobs and mm -hmm. things to do. We'll see what happens when we get back. Yeah, with the Wonder <laughs> Years, they're the first band that has ever hired me for just photos. Because before that, I was doing photos and merch. Cool. Which is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That band is so good. Yeah, and they're so nice. I'm going to say it. They're them and Broadside. Two best bands I've ever toured with, and I've only been doing the Wonder Years for a very short 
period yeah. of time. They are so respectful, so kind. They always have my back no matter what. And it is so refreshing to be around people like that. And for everyone that's listening to, you know, when you think about what it's like to have your employees back like that, this isn't one of those things where you're like, well, that's so cool that everyone had her back because she's a woman. It's because she's your fucking employee and you're yeah. supposed to because you care, because you should have people like you never want to take someone on tour that you don't like to be around because then you have to be around that person all the time. So when you put together a roster of people that you take out on tour to do all these jobs, you take someone with you that you enjoy and that you respect and that you care about. So if you don't have that person's back when you are on tour, then why did you bring them in the first place? Oh yeah. So it just blows my mind where I'm like, I, you know, my crew, you've like known my guys, like we have a, ours is built like a family. I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's one of those things where even gosh, Jim, our new light guy who worked with us for five days and even we're, we're all meeting up to do some music videos soon. And he's just going to come just because he's going to come and hang out with yeah, us and absolutely. stuff. Like, you know, we try to have a really supportive, um, you know, caring workplace because it is a workplace. You have to treat it as such. Mm-hmm. But you have to also be friends to each other. And I've had plenty of times where I just needed my guys to not think about work and to just, like, help me get through things. Um, so I just, it's such a strange thing to me to think about. I mean, obviously I've encountered people that I've worked with that didn't go well, like I said before, but for you to like kind of consistently have to deal with some bullshit, I think it's, it is a large portion just because you're a girl and it's a disrespect. There are bands who like, if they don't stick up for me, if I don't really feel like part of the family and then in the end... I'm like juggling between two tour offers that I could accept, like trying to choose one. I'll choose the one with people I'm more comfortable with. Like that's what it'll come down to. If you weren't 100% respectful to me the whole time, I don't care like if you're offering me a little bit more money than this other band, I'm going to go with the other band because I know like I'll have more opportunities in the future. Like I don't need you. I'm, if you wanted me that badly, you could have treated me with respect the first time around. You know, and a lot of the times some, you know, karma works out in a way where, those bands that maybe are a little bit nicer just end up doing better in the long run anyway, you know? Um, yeah, and they deserve it. If you're a great person, even if your music is, like, questionable to me, I will support you. I will love to see you thrive. If you are mean to me and your music is great, I don't care. If you get canceled, all right, you probably, like, deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. Just, like, Into the Raging Sea by Broadside <laughs> coming out on... On top of all of the internal stuff that you could encounter once you're finally on tour with these bands, you could be on tour with the best band in the world, but you'll still get shit from maybe people who go to the shows or people who work at the venues who will treat you like you didn't earn your place. Like maybe they'll assume you're someone's girlfriend. Maybe they'll assume you're just a local photographer who's staying in the photo pit too long and they'll try to kick you out despite you having a laminate, despite you literally being on the tour and working for these bands. I have had to have like the bands that I am with come down and yell at security guards for me because they're trying to push me out of the pit while I'm just trying to do my job for the band that I'm on tour with. I've had a security guard start screaming at me and 
After I would say like, what else do you want from me? I'm on the tour. The security guard said, oh yeah, go get someone else to tell me that. Meaning like, go get a man with the same exact laminate as you to come down and tell me that you're on the tour. Because for some reason, my laminate meant nothing, but this other guy's would. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I mean, I it's definitely something... Um, I've seen happen once or twice with um, like just photo people in general where they'll they'll have that after the first three songs or whatever, they'll go to kick everyone out of the pit and mm-hmm. then you have to be like, no, that one's mine. Like he gets to stay. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine how di- much more difficult that is as a lady to deal with when they're just like, no, get out of here, little girl. <laughs> yeah. There was a day where a security guard came up to me on the Wonder Years tour and he was like, Oh, hey, like, are you the photographer who's going to be here tomorrow as well? Because we were doing two nights in the same venue. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on tour with this band. And he shook my hand and he said, oh, well, you did a great job tonight. Like, you're so good at navigating, like, how to, like, work between the crowd surfers. And he, like, complimented me and was so nice to me. And that was such a shock to me that I went back and I went to the band and I was like, hey, you'll never believe what just happened. Because that was the first That's time awesome. in my whole experience that someone was actually nice instead of being condescending. But I was there, like, when he opened his mouth and started talking to me, I was ready for him to say something mean, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's how fucked up it is. That's so cool, though. That someone actually did, like... See, there are good moments where nice there definitely things happen, are. which is great. But, um, yeah, it just in general, being a photographer and getting around the crowd surfers, that's got to be really hard in general. See, I'm small, so it's like, I make it work. I think I'm lucky in that aspect where I could, like, wiggle my way around these people. It makes them on a stage look that much more dramatic, too, because you're, <laughs> you're shorter. Um yeah, because getting up and down from the stage is difficult, too. Do you like to shoot from the stage as well, or do you like to stay in the photo pit more? Um, I do like to shoot from the stage because um, being small also has its disadvantages, where sometimes the stage will be just too tall for yeah. me. And maybe too if deep, you... where the drummer is like really far back and stuff. Oh, yeah, especially in the bigger rooms, I have to go on stage, which is fine. I love doing that because like sometimes it will get too dangerous in the photo pit. Oh, yeah. And super sweaty as well, but whatever. That's just a photographer thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I hang out down there, too. I jump on people most of the time during my show and stuff. Hell so, yeah. you know, I can be that guy that's coming back and accidentally almost kicks your camera out of your hand. But um, Trevor's really good at navigating that, where he knows just about what I'm going to do, when mm-hmm. and where, which has been really nice. But that's certainly a, something that you have to get with your photographer, where it's like, yeah, they've learned my set. Now they know about where I'm going to be and get the best shots. That's a super cool thing. But Yeah, and that part's honestly really fun. Once you finally know, like, oh, this is when he's going to jump. This is when he's going to do that trick. This is when he's going to throw the mic. And you're yeah. like, you know it because you've seen the set and you're ready for it. Like, that just feels so good to, like, capture that moment. I would just do mic swings the whole time like I'm Adam Lazara. That would be super cool. When I play off-road shows, when the world comes back, that's what I'm going to do. It's going to be nice. But... I'm glad you didn't beat up any security guards. That's good. You could have. I've I've been close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you always see those um, videos of bands fighting security guards. Like I think there was like a story so far, a knocked loose one or something like that, where they just decide to fight people, which is like for well, good sometimes reason. Sometimes the security yeah, guards, the yeah, secu- deserve yeah. it. They're throwing down crowd surfers. They're not doing their jobs properly, and that's when they need a stern talking to because they're putting kids in danger. Yeah. I watch people fall all the time. It's really scary. Like I, but 
You see these people come over, they can hit their heads on, on the barricade so easily. Yeah. They can really, I mean, break mm -hmm. numerous places if they just fall onto their back. I mean, it's, it is really scary stuff, and it makes me super uncomfortable when I'm watching and mm -hmm. the security guards aren't doing a good job. Um, yeah. So, yeah, to those bands that do fight the security guards, respect. Um, I've never had to fight security guards. I just... I've only thrown, like, kids off stage. <laughs> just because they, like, try to steal, like, mics too much and stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah. Um, and they just stand in the middle of the stage for, like, yeah. a minute. Yeah, and it's not like they're like, trying to take, like, Kirby's mic. They're trying to take, like, Dan or Mai's mic, like, or myself's mic, where it's, you know, like, well, I, I'm playing guitar right now. I can't fight for this back. Like, you can't just come up here and take this. But then they get a nice kick, and I, they go off the stage. But, um... Yeah. Don't go to jail for beating up security guards. I don't think I would do much damage. But I'm trying to become so buff right now that people are just terrified of Absolutely. me. Absolutely. So look We'll out. get you Wolverine claws. That'll help, too. You can get an adamantium skeleton. But for real. <laughs> um, you know, it is... I think we're we're both really lucky that we get to do what we love. We get to be around a lot of really cool people. I mean, and some not so cool people. Some not so cool dun, people. Dun, dun. Um, and I think that you guys, you know, when I deal with one, you know, I don't deal with too many people that I really don't like on tour. And I, when I do meet people that I really don't like on tour, I will say I don't handle it very well. Um, <laughs> And it's not something that I'm super proud of myself for um, because I am a bit aggressive and it's something that I'm certainly working on in my own life. Um, but I guess, you know, it's just... I, I've, I, you know, I've never really thought about what it's like to be a lady on the road too much, to be yeah. honest, because we just never really... Um, you just never were really a lady on tour. I never tour. really was a lady on tour. And it's so few and far between that you do deal with them. Where, from my perspective, it's only like, all right, like I know like Crystal's coming to hang out with us today. Like we got to clean the bandwagon, you know, or like shit like that where it's like my guys are married or, mm -hmm. um, you, you know, it's a, I, you know, I just haven't been put into that position very much. Um, but that, you know. It's nice that you could actually come here and, like, talk about it. Yeah. I've never been, like, it took me a while to really find my voice. I've never been very active on social media or anything like that. But in the past few months, there I've had a lot of opportunities to speak up about things that have happened to me. And I see a lot of people are very receptive when I speak about my stories. I see that it encourages other women to make little posts about things that they've been through. Yeah. And a lot of our guy friends, like they'll see it from just us posting about it and they'll be like, Oh my God, I had no idea that you went through these things. Like I'm going to try to be more conscious of things like this yeah. myself. And that's like really all you can hope for. You just want people to recognize that this stuff is happening. And in the music scene or not, it's really difficult for um, anyone who's been uh, abused physically or mentally to come forward. Yeah. And, you know, it is something that I think is great that, um, you know, people can say or feel what they want about cancel culture. But at the core of it is, you know, 
a you know group of women finally feeling like they have a voice or people a group of people who have been abused finally feeling like they have a voice and being able to do something about it which you know luckily i have lived a very like white picket fence blessed life i haven't faced a lot of trauma when it comes to stuff like that other than losing some people i liked <clears throat> so when it comes to handling this kind of thing and waking up and seeing allegations and seeing people get kicked out of bands and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, obviously, um, every time that things like that happen, there could be, you know, a couple guys in those bands that are really good people, but then you do question, well, how much did you see? Mm -hmm. How much did you stop? Did you try to make things better or Mm -hmm. did you condone it and go, Oh, it's okay. Cause well, he's a really good singer, so I don't want to make him mad. Um, and I think that that just happens far too often in life in general um, with all aspects of life, not just in the music scene. It just so happens that our music scene is so so tightly knit mm-hmm. that these things come and go very quickly where you, you hear can hear about it very easily. Yeah, and honestly, I'm glad that there is a lot of people that share their experiences, whether they name the people or not, because it was through seeing a lot of these posts early on on Twitter and hearing people's stories and talking about how they were abused. Like that's how I learned like, Oh, like this is what verbal abuse is. Like this is what manipulation is. Like I read their stories and I realize I couldn't put a word to what I had been through, but it sounds exactly like what this person went through and it wasn't okay. And now reading this, I understand like there's a word for it. Like now I understand why it wasn't okay. Yeah. If someone treats you like shit and puts you down every single day verbally, it's verbal abuse. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. It's rough. It's, you know, and it, you know, yeah, I, you know, a lot of it, comes from you know it seems like a very like misogynistic place and who knows what that person's been through in their life and Mm -hmm. and it's not that we don't you know say that person comes out it's like oh well I was abused by so and so my whole life and this is why I'm a piece of shit and it's like dude I feel for you sorry about that I feel for that person but that isn't an excuse for being a total asshat um so you know I I (sighs) It's a tough thing because I I'm I I am really glad to see that all this stuff is happening but at the core of it it's just tough to wrap your mind around like you know I wonder if that person say who treats you like shit you know even if there's no lady on the tour does that person just pick someone to treat like shit the whole time just because they're an sometimes asshole Sometimes that really is the case sometimes you will encounter someone who genuinely just takes advantage of the power that they have and they have been doing it for a long time. No one's ever told them to stop. No one's ever called them out and they're going to keep taking advantage of the power they have, be it with their fans, with their crew, just people in the band. Like they're going to keep treating them like shit. And then eventually someone will come out and finally say something. And sometimes that person like does deserve to be stripped of the power that they have because the things that they have done are just that bad. You know, totally. Sometimes you don't deserve a second chance when it's something you continuously do, when you continuously hurt women, like be it physically, be it like emotionally. If you just keep using your power to do it, like maybe you do need to step back for a bit and reevaluate. Well, and I think that part of that too is um, a lot of these guys will be like, oh, well, you know, I didn't really do much. You know, it's just, you know, she liked my band and then, you know, we hooked up and then. 
you know, it's, you know, I didn't really do anything that bad, but you just have to keep into account, like, well, she's there and she's interested in you largely in part because of your band. So there's a little bit of a psychological advantage that that person has over, over this fan or, or, you know, person, whoever that's trying to get with Mm -hmm. them. So you, you need to take a step back and be like, "Eh, right. Um, this is not just someone that I met at the bar who doesn't even know my last name or you have to actually try to be charming or a gentleman or win them over in whatever fashion or, you know, whatever tickles everybody's fancy. But, um, yeah, that's a and part I of this. That's that, just, yeah, it's hard for those guys to put it in check too. Mm-hmm. You and know? they don't like they don't realize that they're really doing it. You know, yeah. that's why I think a lot of this stuff is important. That everybody people makes start, it okay. Yeah, people will start to see now that you know, like guys in particular, they'll be like, "Oh, maybe this girl is only talking to me because she really likes my band and she just doesn't yeah. want to upset me," because that would mean like upsetting like someone that she really admires and look looks up yeah looks up to. And like what we were discussing earlier, where it's like we're not saying. If you're out on the road, don't get laid. Like, but go on Tinder. Like, go on Bumble. Yeah. Find somebody that's of your age group and like isn't just your fan and wants to buy you dinner and give you sex because like that's not that's not fair. Yeah, that's like not if good. you need your ego <laughs> strokes, just tell the girl on Tinder you're in a band. She'll probably tell you you're cool. Like you don't need to go on Twitter. Yeah. You don't need to DM sixteen year olds who are like, "Oh my god, I'm coming to every show on this tour." Leave them alone. They like your band. If you want to give them a guest list spot so that they don't have to buy a ticket, do it because you're just a nice person and want to be nice to your fans, not because yeah. you want something out of it. Well, if I give you this guest list spot plus one, oh my god. are you, you going to bring a friend? Yeah, don't ask them that. Yeah, make make sure you bring a friend with you. Is she attractive? Oh, God. <laughs> That's my Instagram DM voice. Isn't I that don't creepy? Know what to say. Yeah, exactly. It sounds terrible. Because it's like, yeah, this shit happens. And I'm just like, well, yeah, you know. Well, can you bring like a girl for my dude? Like our guitar player is also single. So like if you have like a fucking hot friend. Like yeah, that would also be sick. Also, we're like thirty years old, hey, but it's so- fine though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm old and bald, but um, yeah, I can't imagine. I mean, there's some guys who are you know in their thirties and they're still really handsome, and but they just like I like seeing a guy like go to a coffee shop and like meet a girl, and then like they exchange phone numbers. Yeah. You know, you know like, that doesn't happen on the Warp Tour. <laughs> no. I don't like seeing a guy meeting a 16-year-old girl on the Warp Tour and exchanging phone numbers. Oh, for sure. Don't want to see that. You know, I will say out of, like, um, you know, some single people that I know and, like, how they handle it, I think that one thing that goes along with it is, like, I have, a, you know, a friend of mine who's, like, quite handsome, you know, pretty much, you know, what what you could ask for if you were going to ask for a big beefy hunk. And, <laughs> you know, I think that the reason why, you know, for him, he's pretty like gentlemanly and nice, but he also gets hit on where a lot of guys, they're just constantly in pursuit, mm-hmm. you know, rather than just being able to sit back and have a girl go like, damn, like, 
here's my phone number. Like you could, you can, you can call me and you know, rather than just being like, Hey, like, can I see your phone for a second? Oh, now you have a number like shit. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> another thing I'm going to throw out there. Um, if a girl really does like you, she will make some sort of move. You don't have to be a creep and come after us. If we're not reciprocating, it's not because we're shy. Like, we'll make a move if we want to. Right. So if you're sliding into my DMs, like, maybe don't. If you're in your late 20s trying to hit on me, like, maybe don't. If you're in your late 20s and you don't have furniture in your bedroom, I'm not for you. (laughs) (laughs) If you're sleeping on a mattress If your mattress is on the floor, (laughs) I don't want to hear it. (laughs) That's like one of those things where Danielle, when she started dating me, it was like, well, I know that you you like your mattress that's on the box spring on the floor, <laughs> but you know we're gonna get a nice bed oh, wow. for an adult. Now, also, I just had an idea, Danielle. I know you can hear this in other. We should have a dating show. We should have a dating podcast. Yeah. Well, that friend that you just described—that's handsome and normal. Like he can. That be one on can it. be that called sounds, Tucked Up. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but I'll be there. Yeah, Tucked Up, the dating show. And it'll just be me saying, like, all the stupid shit I've done throughout my life where I was like, so there was this one time I was, like, really fucked up, and I just, like, kept looking at this girl, and then, like, she had to look at me and be like, dude, what the fuck are you looking at? And I was like, and then I walked away. See, that's me. Like, I am not afraid anymore to just tell people to fuck off, but it took me a really long time to get there, you know? What do you think? Do you want to do the dating show? He's asking his fiance. Or his girlfriend. Oh. I don't know. No. I feel like it's a lot gonna be a lot of you just going. And just me being what did I do? It's just gonna be me being a spaz. I hit the button. Yeah, you're right. It will just me be being a spaz. Oh well. Yeah, all right, maybe we won't do a dating show. Honestly, you'll just probably like use it to be like, well, these are the things that we can improve upon. Honey. <laughs> it's um, just going to be couples therapy. Yeah, it's just like, well, your y- guests will be the therapists. You know, at least we all have excuses right now. Like we can't even go anywhere. So like I don't got to take her out. I don't got to like try to like do anything special right now. Like so it's been really start good. I'm taking her out. You know, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, it's like pretty cool on my wallet. And like I'm feeling good and. <laughs> Like, honestly, it just, I don't have to be inventive or try to be romantic because we've been locked in a box together for four, four months. Um, Love that energy. So, if yeah, you have this kind of energy, tell. don't DM me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You see, I, I'm obviously putting in a lot of effort. No, I'm super spicy. I'm fucking spicy, spicy shit. I'm, you know, because I love her because she's great to me. And why? I have no fucking clue. Um. <laughs> And I, you know, I think that's kind of how you, it comes back to it all, where it's like, just guys, sorry, guys in general, we, I think we do better with advice sometimes too. Like how you said though, where, you know, you will be that person who's like, dude, no, like just don't, don't look at me. Don't, yeah. what do you, you know, where, you know, obviously I try to keep this show funny and, you know, you know, try to keep it light, but. You know, one thing I do think that is helpful with all this stuff is open conversation. And, um, you know, it is helpful sometimes, you know, to say the things that are difficult, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, it sucks to turn people down and it sucks to, um, you know, upset guys. And a lot of times um, the whoever you're turning down doesn't necessarily handle the rejection the best. But, um, 
We need to be trying to get everybody to be a little bit more mentally progressive when it comes to their social standards because, in general, we need to be kinder to each other. That's kind of what's going on in the world at the moment is everyone's realizing that there's not a whole lot of equality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with, you know, us being in this um, kind of, uh, how do I I put it? I mean, it's like a new social justice movement, which is great. And, and like, I love to see that we are actually really tackling, like, racial inequality. Um, but we just want to take a moment to, like, not just forget about um, the ladies in our lives as well. And in the music scene, it is something that's taken advantage of and often forgotten about because you don't see a lot of big bands with ladies in them, and that's why we do have our, you know, shining lights and bands like Paramore are so prevalent because... We're like, oh, well, it's not that common. But why isn't it that common? And mm-hmm. I think a, a reason why it's not that common is because women don't feel comfortable all the time being in a band with the guys, with a bunch of guys, because all the guys hit on her or make her feel uncomfortable or it gets weird. And if maybe men could take a moment to, you know, not just pursue a girl because, well, she can sing and she's fucking hot. Like, you know, why don't you try to make a great band? And if you could just focus on making a great band, maybe we'd find more women in the music scene. It's the same thing. They're like, It's not like a girl can't shred just as hard as a dude mm-hmm. just because she's a girl. It's a fucking guitar. Yeah, and if you're in a position where you're in a headlining band, you could sell all these tickets on your own. You're looking for new support bands to take out. There's no reason that you should be taking out the same bands that are always on the same packages. Like, you could dig a little deeper, find a new band. Like, try to push women to the front if you see that there's a band that's kind of cool that has, like, you know... uh, yeah. They haven't been given the same opportunities. You could be the one to give them the opportunity. If you're ever torn between like who to take out as crew and you see this woman who doesn't get a lot of recognition, who's super talented, or you have your boy back home who's just like yeah. your best friend, like why not just give the woman the chance that she deserves, you know? I agree. I yeah. 100% More agree. More bands need to think and, of it that way. You know, one band that, um, you know, thinking about that, you know, because it isn't that common in the metalcore scene is my friend Sarah Hollick, who, who goes out with Currents, which is really great to see. Um, and it's just nice to um, see bands doing that also, where sometimes the homie is a girl, and, like, you have known her for a long time, and there shouldn't be any awkwardness where it's like, well, we can't take a girl photographer because my girlfriend feels uncomfortable yes, with that. Because that that's sucks. a fucking problem, too, mm-hmm. where people are like, oh, wait, wait, wait. So just because, like, you're not going to be around me for four weeks, like, you can't handle being or having a girl in your van? Yeah. Like, you just that's think all of a sudden just because we're around each other, the pheromones are in the air and we're exactly. all going to end up doing sex. That's a um, problem between you and your girlfriend. And maybe you need to reevaluate your relationship if this I is agree. what's going on, you um, know? So shout out to Currents for being progressive um, and not just in their music. (laughs) A band in like the pop punk world that always like pushes like minorities to the front, I would say is the Wonder Years. Because even before I worked for them, I would see the tour packages that they would put up, like where they're headlining. They would put smaller bands that I'd never heard of on their bills. You know, they'd still Mm -hmm. sell out their shows because they're a big enough band that can do that. But now these smaller bands have this opportunity to put their music out there in front of these thousands of people that otherwise may not have heard them. Yeah. And they are giving these smaller bands with like women and people of color an actual shot. Yeah. And I think, you know, from um, the metalcore scene, it's interesting because we see so few 
um, women like making metalcore music. That now like there's this band Spirit Box who's out at the moment. They're from Canada and they used to be members of the band I wrestled a bear once. Um, and Courtney is just so and she's the vocalist. She sings and screams and she put out like videos of her just singing clips of their new songs and everyone's just sharing it and like mind blown by it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of the, you know, I want that to be an encouraging thing for everybody. Cause it's like, Hey, we're, we're ready, willing and wanting it. Like there's nobody saying that we don't want lady screamo. I totally love lady screamo. I'm just waiting for more people to do it. So hopefully, you know, by seeing more Courtney LaPlante's, Maybe a couple more girls would be like, I'm going to learn how to scream and get out there, which is super sick. And um, another smaller band that I'm really interested in, too. And before you and I saw each other the other day and decided to do this, I was going to reach out and try to get... um, There's a band Glacier Veins. They're on Equal Vision. And I think that they... You know, it it does remind me of just like the throwback music, kind of like what Off-Road Minivan is making, my side project, where I was like, this is the only other record I've heard in a minute where it's I I could wake up in 2005 and this would be a a prevalent album. Yeah. Um so I I do want to pick her brain. Um But do you have any other like uh lady bands that you can think of off the top of your mind that Oh, absolutely. Are- That's honestly all I <laughs> listen to. Not really in this scene, though. That's not really... That's the thing. It's hard to find I guess find that's them. just not really my music taste, though. I don't really listen to the music in the scene that I work in. Like, I used to when yeah. I was a teenager. That's how I ended up here. But my music taste has really what progressed you to since then. I like... Uh, my favorite band is one called Always, spelled with two Vs, oh, with from Canada. Yeah. All face. Seen them a bunch of times. That's cool. That's what does it sound like? Uh, like dream pop. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Do you um, like the 1970s fives? I do. That's sick. That's yeah. Jared's favorite band, so <laughs> I hear it. them all the time. Yeah. I like a band called Hopalong. They're from Philadelphia. They're more like indie sounding. That's cool. Like a rabbit? Hopalong. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're a vegan, right? I am a vegan. I have a collection of lucky rabbit's feet. You want to see? I do. Don't think I do. I'm just kidding. I don't have that. <laughs> I was just trying to get you riled up. Um, no, I, I ate extra steak before you came over today, and I polished my lucky rabbit's feet. Perfect. So yeah. that it, the steaks wouldn't be in the house when I got here? That's no. so thoughtful. You know, we, have, we usually have lots of antlers up in the apartment. We took them oh, down today out of respect. I really appreciate that. Nah, I don't have any antlers. I went hunting once. We didn't shoot anything. I, I could never. Yeah, I don't really want to, like, do all the killing and stuff. Yeah, me neither. You know, imagine also, <laughs> I like, like animals. I like to eat stuff because I do. I eat them and they're delicious. But I can't imagine the whole uh, process. I don't even really want to talk about it now that I'm thinking about it, to be honest. Lots yeah. of guts. Um, but I so watched. Anyways, the new, music. Yeah, yeah. No, to finish with guts, watch the oh, new no. the Hannibal TV show. It's on Netflix. I just finished the third season, and he guts a lot of people, and it's awesome. Gross. Yeah, it's not cool. for me. I hate seeing like blood and gore. I don't know. Ugh. But it's cool because he's smart, so it's different. Yeah, we'll see. I, I guess I'll have to watch it. 
I have an obsession with Hannibal. Maybe I'll learn a thing or two for the next person who hurts me. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) You get arrested for like gutting and I just go on tour and I gut people (laughs) in their sleep. That'd be so cool. Um, No, don't kill anybody. We don't want you to kill anybody. But, um, you know, before I let you go here, is there anything else that you really want to touch on with your experiences in the scene? Um, Because I want, you know, one thing, you know, with telling some bad stories we really want to encourage more ladies to enter the scene and try to get jobs and to go out with bands and to make their own bands or to make their own companies because it's not that people, you know, there are bad things that happen for sure, just like with anything, but we we do really want it to be a more inclusive atmosphere, at least myself and my friends do, and um, hopefully that'll continue to get better, but... Yeah, Um I definitely want to see that. There's always a lot of young women who come talk to me at shows and they ask me for advice on how to get started. And I try to be as helpful as I can with as much as I can offer. Um, Because, like, it is important to tell all of these stories. People should know that it isn't easy. Like, you should know what you're about to get yourself into because this stuff does happen. And if you don't have thick skin, like, if you're hearing this and you don't think you could handle something like this, like... And you like maybe that'll make you reevaluate what you want to do with your life. Like maybe it's for the better because what if something even worse happens to you and you just can't handle it? Like, yeah, it's just important to hear that this is actually what it's all about. But at the same time, it's like because people are speaking about it, people are trying to make it a safer place for more women to enter. And I know that myself and all the women that I surround myself with in the music scene, we all lift each other up. We want more people to come in and do what we're doing. Like we all want to take over the world just as much as the yeah. next guy. And we think like it would be great to see more young women coming into the field. That's why I try to recommend all of my like non-male friends for gigs that I hear about first. Like if I know someone is capable of it, like I'll recommend my girlfriends. Like I want to see them succeed just as much as I want to see the guys succeed. And yeah, like as discouraging as some moments might sound, if you are willing to fight for it, I genuinely believe that you can do it because I'm fighting for it. I'm making a place for myself and I think you can too. That's awesome. It's really, yeah, I, you know, I appreciate you coming here and talking about it today because I just feel like it's something that gets forgotten about and, you know, we just become complacent with the fact that there's not a lot of women around. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a boys club. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, a lot of boy managers and a lot of boys in the bands. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's just, you know, I was trying to think about ladies and heavy music the other day, at least in my like smaller scene. Like obviously on the bigger side, we have like Maria Brink from like in this moment and stuff. But the bass player of Year of the Knife is a female. Courtney from Spirit Box. Glacier veins. Oh my god! See if you're hearing this. It's um, it is genuinely hard to name like a m- bunch of women who do the things that you do. You yeah. know, even in my scene, you can name like a million dudes per like woman that you can name. It's yeah. crazy. It's Tiger's jaw. <laughs> yeah, I'm still thinking. You know what I mean? And that's there are more maybe than there were even when I was younger. But that's how hard it is. So start bands. Go out and work on tours. Hit up people. 
try to get into this business because we need more ladies. It'll make it a lot better. Yeah, definitely. So. Don't I mean, be afraid to talk to me. Some people have said they're intimidated by me, which I don't understand at all. It's if just because you, you work me, for badass bands. And maybe. then, you know, when you, you've you done a lot of touring, you've worked for a lot of very legitimate bands. So it puts you in a place where they, you know, they look up to you too. Um, you know, so these people that want to know how to do what you do, it's sometimes hard to just ask somebody flat out, like, how did you get here and how do I do it too? Yeah. Which um, I get. And I hope this podcast has helped because I do get a lot of messages like that. And I don't always get a chance to reply to it because it is yeah. such an in-depth thing to try to explain to someone. Well, I think one thing that really helps is, you know, some people don't find it till later on. But when you are, you know, 16 to early 20s and your friend's band is going to go on the road and maybe they're not a big band. Maybe they don't make any money, but they ask you if you want to go. Do it. Yeah. If it's actually something that you want to do, you won't go, well, I, I can't really afford to do that. That has never stopped me once mm-hmm. in my life, and it never will, because I would rather be dead and extremely poor. Oh, yeah. Than I have to, had to do like so many shit tours for free oh, yeah. in order to now be able to say, yeah, I'm touring with the Wonder Years. We sleep in a bus. Like, yeah. It took so long to get here. I bought 15 of my own tickets to play a acoustic <laughs> set opening for Misser once. Nice. <laughs> I'm just thinking of stupid shit I've done. But that's the point is, you know, anything that you want to do in life, it takes extreme sacrifice. Yeah. And, but also, yeah. don't disrespect yourself too much. Like, know your worth, you know? Well, don't keep doing things for free. There has to come a point where you know your worth and you're like, okay, absolutely. I need to start demanding You more. have knowledge. Yeah. But in the beginning, do what you got to do. Yeah, because we, here. as the musician, we do a lot of work for free at first as well. We mm-hmm. play lots of gigs where we have to sell or buy our own tickets and drive around and pay for the gas and all that stuff. But when you do, you have to take it just as seriously when the band does start doing well, where you're not just their friend on tour, you're now a representative of that band. Mm -hmm. You are there as the face Mm -hmm. talking to them. You are, if you're an asshole, everyone thinks the band is an asshole. So it's actually an extremely important job, and it's the job that feeds everyone. So people, for you know, they think about, oh, whatever, fucking merch person. The merch person is arguably the most important person on the fucking tour. Oh, yeah. I'm standing there. I'm <laughs> representing your band. And if you want me to come back, but you're not willing to like give me a few extra dollars so I could pay my rent, but you're like, oh, come on, like we really, really need you. It's like, well, I guess you don't need me that bad that you're not going to yeah. like respect my worth and like what I, what you think, what I think I'm worth. Well, for a lot of this level of clientele, obviously like a Warp Tour 2017 is a tough example because money was really hard for a lot of people mm-hmm. that year. But in general... If I have am going out and I'm touring a lot and my band's doing well and I'm selling tickets, it's, I'm making money. So mm-hmm. if I can know how much money I'm going to make in my head roughly at the end of tour, say everything goes well, but I can't throw a decent buck towards the merch person, how can I even then you know, think, oh, well, I'm still going to make all that money. Yeah. I'm still going to do that well. Yeah. It doesn't even it's such a stupid thing to to put last. And a lot of bands they do put it last. Where they're like, "Oh, my merch person's not that important. He doesn't need to make any money. He doesn't need to get paid." He you know or you know, look at that. I just yeah. said he, he, he. 
That's the fucking problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So my apologies. Like, again, I'm imperfect. I'm trying to fix this shit too. You know what I mean? You're Um, just helping, like, make the point that we do need more women out here. And it's like people don't really think about this, but you're standing at merch and you're trying to get people to buy more. And you're like, if someone's like, oh, which shirt should I get? This one or that one? You have to be the one to be like, oh, you should like get both. But sometimes, like, if You'll have a merch person who's just like, oh, I don't care. Like, you know, get, get that one. Cabot. <laughs> <laughs> but I try to be very proactive. I try to do a good job so that yeah. people like see that I'm selling all these shirts. Like, take me back if it's like a merch position. Yeah. You know, like I go out of my way to try to kill it because especially like as a girl, you have to go above and beyond sometimes. And that's yeah. the mentality I started with. And that mentality hasn't gone away. I always try to do the best job I possibly can. And I'm not going to ever take it for granted because I simply can't. And that's why you get a lot of offers. Yeah. You have a good reputation. People like to work with you. They like to be around you. And that's why you could continuously get to go to work. You know, and... um I think you set a really, really tremendous example for a lot of young women. And it's got to be pretty cool going out on a big tour like a Wonder Years tour or a Broadside tour and meeting some younger girls because those bands definitely probably have more girl fans than my band does. And getting to have that kind of influence and be positive. Because I even know that how many people like love to talk to Ryan's wife and ask her questions Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I think that people are just enamored with women in the music scene where it is a, a spectacle. Mm-hmm. They're like, how do you how do you deal with this? What is this like? What yeah. is it like to be around this person? Where I think sometimes you know we need to stop thinking about asking you, well, what's it like to work with these people, and just ask you, you know, what's it like working? Yeah. What is the experience? Because honestly, I love what I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing it. Like yeah. music is my whole entire life. I built my whole career around it because I just love it so much. I love traveling the country, meeting all these new people, having these people become like families to me, you know, yeah. because you really create deep bonds with the people you're spending months at a time with. 100%. And everyone deserves to have this experience if they really want to, you know, if this is your dream job and you want to try to make it happen, go for it. You deserve to try to make it happen. Don't let other people, like, hold you back for no reason at all. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you know, you did it. You worked really hard. You put yourself out there. And, you know, I appreciate you always being a good friend. And, you know, you've you've been very kind to my people over the years. You guys always had. I will still say working merch on the Warp Tour <laughs> is one of the hardest jobs on the planet. Like... Sitting at, I mean, Cameron, he almost died one day in Vegas. Me too. But that's the thing is you guys all stuck it out together. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate you always being a good friend and, and coming here and talking about this today because we need to encourage more people to come For out sure. and, and be inclusive. And I hope that this was, a, um, you know, a nice learning experience for everybody because, like I said, I am imperfect. I have things that I'm working on to make me better and to try to grow and to be a better man. And one of the most important ways to do that is to be better to everyone else that's around us. And a lot of the times we take advantage of people. And when it comes to the music scene, we most certainly take advantage of women. And I'm, I'm glad to see that there is a change happening. I'm glad to see that there's a shift. But one of the best ways that we can encourage that shift is let's stop this mentality of, it's weird to have girls on tour. 
Let's get girls, more girls on tour. Girls make great tour managers. Girls make great merchandise directors. Girls make great musicians. We need to encourage more women to be in music mm-hmm. and to be in the music scene because it's just getting a little stale and dull. Yeah. Let's spice it up. I'm trying to do my part as best as I can now that I have, you know, been finding my voice. I hope more people listen to this. If you've ever had a story you wanted to share, I yeah. hope this encourages you to go on and share it. You might be helping the next person. And if you guys have questions, I'm going to tag Michelle in like all my posts this week and stuff. And, uh, you know, actually, I, uh, can we encourage people to slide into your DMs at the moment? To ask you questions about yes. what it's like to get on tour. Of course. <laughs> cool. Um, if you want to be a creep, don't. Yeah. If you're in your late 20s and do not have a fully furnished bedroom, <laughs> do not DM me. This is just, I mean, I feel like that's just going out to like, that. that's just going out to people who are going to try to hit on you in general where yeah. it's like. But like if you're cool and like maybe like you're normal, like, I don't know, like. <laughs> ask Tuck's permission and like maybe you could shoot your shot you know like i'm bored i'll be honest yeah we'll but like see. if you're just some random like i'm probably not interested yeah, yeah. <laughs> most likely most likely but yeah i'll i'll look through the dms they can like they can screen it through me i'll pass it by okay Danielle. thank you this see will be the dating part of your podcast that you were yeah. talking about yeah that'll be tucked up the dating podcast <laughs> um you know, that's the best part about my nickname is anything that says fuck in it, I can make a TV show yeah. out of it. I wish I had something like that. That's cool. Yeah, I got lucky. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm, you know, tucked in my shirt a lot when I was younger and skinnier, and here we are today. Nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> um, you know what? Fuck! I know. Did I ask you earlier if you were ready to get tucked? I'm not sure. I think I put a mental block because I was nervous about what people would think. Because on my show, at the beginning of the episode, I always ask everybody, like, well, all right, Rory, are you ready to get tucked? And, um, but then, you know, you're a lady. So then maybe if I would have said, I was like thinking about that where I was like, do I have to say this nice? <laughs> How do I say it? But equality. then that's, that's not equality. So, you're right. <laughs> Michelle, are you ready to get tucked? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In the most Kool-Aid man voice that I could have done. Oh, yeah. Bom, bom. Chicka-chicka. Bom, bom. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, people are going to be surprised. They're going to be like, wow, this is your longest episode, and you made so many noises the entire time. But at the core of it, I think this was arguably one of the most important, if not the most important episode, because... It is really important that all of us take a moment to reflect and try to uh, learn a little bit more respect. This isn't just um, a thing about equality towards women. This is about just being a good person as well. Um, It is something that's very prevalent in music right now. You look at cancel culture and you view it as like, you know, some people are like, man, that's fucking stupid. Like, they're just going for everybody. And there's a lot of people who are like, yes, everyone is guilty. <laughs> and what we're trying to do here is to say that there's a lot of people who are just guilty of doing shitty things. And, you know, this is not an attempt here in the moment um, to, I guess, be a part of cancel culture necessarily, because we're just saying that in in general, you've been disrespected by a lot of people on tour. Definitely. Um, So if you are someone that is especially trying to work in a a job 
where you have to not only be surrounded by, but supported by a lot of people in a, in a difficult setting, you need to think about the way that your actions reflect on other people. Because a lot of the times that those negative actions that maybe you're capable of brushing off, that really builds up on other people. And, and, you know, I've experienced it a little bit myself, but it seems like for the women in the working scene, it's that much more difficult. Um, so thank you for coming and like shining a light on that today, giving a moment so we can actually like one shout out some awesome lady bands, which was great and try to encourage some, um, you know, younger or older women to get into the music scene if they so choose and to know that the music and the working side are both included because a lot of girls also think, oh, I have to be a singer in a band or that's it. Mm hmm. That's not fucking true. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want to, just like I can. I can do whatever I want. I can have a stupid fucking show. I can have a job where I spin around like a fucking idiot, all because I want to, just like you can. You Hell can yeah. do anything you want in life. And I'm glad that you uh, uh, and I have been able to be friends for quite some time now. And, you know, you coming on the show and talking about this show. Of course. With me. Thank you for having me. And I guess if anyone ever crosses me again, you'll have an episode too. Oh, I'm not afraid. Yeah. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. Think about all the people we could have just called out today. What was I, I had a, a good made up thing I was gonna say earlier too. I was gonna make up some more shit because then everyone would be like, "Oh my gosh, this person's making this up," you know, to get them canceled. I'm like, I'm just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know those gifts of like scrolls unraveling and traveling across the room. Yeah. That's how long my list of qualms is that I have with people. No, you know, my, my You're things all lucky. I'm thinking of are like, we used to, um, I think Cameron, if he was on this show, he could say some things that would be funny. Cause I know that I've definitely like, you know, been around a naked cam once or twice and you know, it's just, uh, sometimes it's his choice and sometimes it's not. Um, <laughs> but it's only because, uh, no, there's no reasoning, um. Yeah, it's just Cam. But, fuck. Honestly, also on tour, you're bound to see someone naked. Like, yeah. it's not a creepy thing. Like, it just happens. Like, I no, hope it's not a creepy, creepy thing. No, we're creepy to Cam. Yeah, like, we loved him so much. It was an obsession. <laughs> we were very obsessed with him. Because he's so the greatest I don't even know man him. <laughs> ever. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so yeah, that's really all I got today. I thank you for coming. You got anything that you want to drop? That's a weird last ender that we're going to talk about. Me stripping a dude naked. Um, do you have anything you want to promote, drop, talk about before I let you go? No, I don't have a SoundCloud. I don't really have anything. I have. You're doing that soon, though. When I when my new business drops, you're going to be. Oh, right. Yeah, you're going to well, do Well, we can't say too much yet. Can't say too much yet. But, but I'm going to become a spoken word artist for Tuck only. Yeah, she's called Hotel Crooks. And it's going to be sick. Um, she steals from hotels and then she writes songs about it. I got um, people who have wronged me in hotel rooms. Um, <laughs> that would be cool. I think she beats people to death with hotel Bibles. Um, that could be, you could be a hotel it. Bible. You want to be like a Christian spoken word artist? Like, I don't think so. Oh, okay. That would be too close to like... Like Fit for a King. <laughs> yeah, you'll come open up for Fit for a King. Um, so make sure you uh, check uh, check out um, Hotel Crooks or um, what was the other one? I just forgot the other no, one. I don't know. Check me Hotel out. Hotel Bible. OMG Michelle. Yeah. 
Listen Check to her out my on SoundCloud. Tour. Listen to her SoundCloud. That's all I got. You'll see her out on tours when tours happen again. But um, Tip me lots of money. Yeah. That's all. That's it. All right. Well, thank you very much for being on of the show course, today. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was the show. It was nice to switch it up and have an in-person interview at a time where I don't get to see very many friends. It's been really nice having Michelle in the neighborhood. Thanks for hanging out. She also showed me this really dope vegan spot, even though I'm not vegan. And I ate this chicken parm that was made of chickpeas and it was fucking delicious. Shout out to Mikey Weintraub, our favorite and funniest friend. Next week, we have Ryan Neff of Miss May I. He is my bald and beautiful friend, and I can't wait for this one. There will be a lot of gear talk, a lot of metal talk, and I promise to bring the fucking slam next week. Tune in next Monday at 4 p.m. for another episode on Adobe Howl, and always remember to get tucked.
Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.